recording in progress. Oh, hi there. Welcome back once again to the sixth episode of the Sweet Potato Podcast, a podcast about things that are awesome. And uh, I am one third of your co-host team. I'm Rick Larson. With me as always is... I'm Rebecca. I am your co-host and I'm also a Virgo. I am Jose. I am one of your co-hosts, and I am a Capricorn. Nice. Well, I'm a Taurus. Classic Taurus. And you, yeah. you might be wondering how three very different uh, astrolog <laughs> astrological signs can get uh, get together and uh, get along well enough to be part of a, a podcast together. Well, here's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> The answer is that they've never met. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a big part of it. Um, and we're we're not in the same room. And, uh, yes, and I okay. I don't know enough about it to know if our signs are compatible or not. I Neither suspect I. that it might be irrelevant and <laughs> made up, but that's just me. Um, everyone, do their own research and come to their own conclusions. <laughs> I'm just asking questions. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I also feel that like somewhere between 95 and 100% of like generational discourse is also very much like astrology. Agreed. Like, That's such oh, a great point. Yeah. It's, it's just like, uh, you know, the whatever current generation is 24 years old, we're like, oh, they, don't understand money and they don't want to work and they're like yeah that's mm -hmm. that's what it's like to be 24 like <laughs> yeah no oh, i i i was so much more mature when i was that you know, <laughs> you're a liar that's what you are yeah. yeah um one thing i really do like about the generation wars though is that um generation x gets completely left out of the conversation we don't get blamed for anything we don't it's get true. credit for anything but we also do not like nobody slags us we are yeah invincible and i think that means we did it right like being slackers was the way you know mm -hmm. um, yep. yeah that's that's my take it, yeah, it also gets completely redefined every two years, especially like we're pretty comfortably Generation X. If you couldn't tell from our disaffected demeanor and uh, skepticism <laughs> around astrology, but uh, um, whatever other stereotype there is, I don't know. Um, I'm being well, ironic. That's probably a big a big part of it. Um, I also have completely lost the thread of what I was going to say. Um, oh, just yeah, like uh, the years for when millennial starts and ends and things like that um, has has changed multiple times. So that multiple times, yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. I like, like what's funny is that uh, like technically 
like I'm supposed to be Gen X, but I don't have, like, I don't really have, I don't know. Uh, so I was in high school, like I, or like the mm -hmm. early part of high school when, um, so Gen X, as far as I understand it, was called Gen X because of uh, this guy, Douglas Copeland, his book, Generation X, which was my about- My favorite book, by the way. Yeah. Oh, I- My favorite book. Only... my favorite book, yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I've only, uh, I only know about it um, in, because I, I think I read an article about it, but like, mm -hmm. I was in high school when it came out and was like, kind of- it, and you can, since you've actually read it, uh, you can let me know if I'm off base. So mm -hmm. uh, if I remember correctly, it was like, you know, people, uh, you know, graduating from college and going into the workforce and realizing how unfulfilling all of those uh, jobs were. Um, and uh, I was in high school when that book came out. So to me, in my head, it was not of my generation, but now mm -hmm. I'm being told that I am the generation of which okay. I thought I was not a part of. But yes. uh, Rebecca, can you clarify if I'm right or terribly wrong and should be punished? <laughs> um, never punished. You are, you are, you have right elements and then you have a few missteps there. So it's okay. a book. Also, when I was in high school, because I'm just, I think a year older than you, um, I was told that I was not a part of Generation X, but now all these years later, oh, I do yeah. get included in that number. Um, so my tenacity really paid off. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I did a lot of lobbying on our behalf. Um, the book is about three people, um, such as ourselves, who find themselves living in Palm Springs, taking kind of low end, low stress jobs, um, because yes, they were, they went into the workforce and found it unfulfilling mm -hmm. and decided to kind of just check out and live in Palm Springs with their dog and hang out and um, just kind of be listless in a romantically wistful kind of way, but like at a distance because of course, apathy. Um, it's really beautifully written. Douglas Copeland is my favorite author of all time. I love him. Um, he's written a lot of books and every single one of them is great. Generation X was the first one that I read. And yes, Generation X was name is named Generation X because of this book. Um, so yeah, you had like you were on the right track. Yeah, it's okay. it's also sort of stealthily like a short story collection because the characters tell stories to each other. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you remember it a lot better than I do because I had not retained the Palm Springs thing, but I remember. Um, that there is one of them tells a story, like a repeating story about a planet where it's always 1974. Right. Yeah. A lot of, in fact, don't they all tell stories in that universe where like. That's yeah, that's entirely possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's like recurring characters and they're really beautiful stories. Like one is about an astronaut who like goes to that planet and then falls in love, but then has to come back to earth. And that one's really beautiful. Um, I think the most beautiful story in the book is about the, there's one female in the group and she grew up in a track home, um, like development, like what's all over the Valley um, in Arizona. 
and she and like her brothers and all the little kids in the neighborhood would play like war you know and she Uh set herself up in like a half made like a half constructed house and she was the nurse who would like nurse um all the war wounds and stuff and it was like her little um like her little Florence Nightingale um fantasy I suppose it was really beautiful it's very touching and um just a beautifully sublime story it's just perfect no perfect every single bit of it i yeah i predict you would uh you would actually get a lot out of it jose i think you would like it yes agreed probably will and i will put that on my list (laughs) how is that list how long is your books i should read list uh it's uh it's 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 actually a book in and of itself uh, so I'm putting I'm putting that I, on uh, a, a new list, uh, volume yeah. two. Yeah. <laughs> How about your so, Do you do you keep a do you keep a running list of books I, you? I you yeah I have a couple. I started uh, this year doing Goodreads. Oh, me too. And uh, if anybody wants to check it out, uh, I've been kind of doing a bit in the review section of books that I've read, uh, <laughs> I discovered that they cut you off because uh, they have a thing where you can scan the cover of your book and it will try to find it in their database and say, oh, I want to read this book. So I was going through my bookshelf and scanning all the books that I haven't read and it cuts you off at 100. So, <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, That's sweet, especially is, for book lovers. It is a pretty large number, but it's also, yeah, I, I compared to the my to-be-read pile, it is nothing. So, yeah. um, but I have a couple of other, yeah, kind of, uh, any any streaming service where I can create a playlist, I will. Yeah, um, same. Yeah, so, so, yeah, I have that, uh, I have that for my, for my books. Um. And I, I I don't know if I should say what the bit is in my Goodreads reviews or just. I kind of want to discover it, and I kind of okay. want to hear it. No, All but right. I also kind of want to. You also kind of want to hear it. Okay, yeah. so if you want, yeah, if you want to discover it, pause the podcast now. Go to Goodreads, look me up, um, and then you'll see basically what I do. It's kind of an inside joke um, that we've been doing here in the house. But uh, for every book I pick. Um, two adjectives uh say this book is funny and insightful and then comma just like me (laughs) that's good (laughs) so there are now like my other my other rule um is kind of uh kind of the uh the uber rule the grade inflation rule i have not uh given any books less than five stars And I predict that I never will. (laughs) I'm I'm really stingy with stars. Are you? Yeah, and I'm really paranoid for them being too strict. So I'll go into the stars breakdown to see like, well, Mm -hmm. how many other people are giving this three stars or two stars? And if it's the number I feel, if it's like, if it's not enough, I'm like, okay, then I can't do it. Um, and I'll, I'll bump it up a star, but if there are, are like several other people also, um, not entirely impressed with this book, um, then I will, I'll go ahead and go with my gut, mm-hmm. but that's because I read a lot of terrible books. That's fair. I, yeah, 
I don't know. Uh, I like most things that I read, and some of them mm -hmm. I probably should give three stars, but uh, it kind of goes, and I may have told this story on here before, but I uh, worked for a little while in a call center where you are entirely graded on your survey results. And like the cutoff for failure is very high. Like you think, oh, I'm going to give this person a seven because they were just okay. No, that's failing. Like <laughs> that's going to keep them from getting a bonus or a shift that they like or uh, other other things. So, okay, um, well, I'm really paranoid because I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah. obviously, writers are the most neurotic group of people ever. Yeah, yeah, and of course, they're checking their their Goodreads, and of course, I've been downvoting them, and of course, they've been laying awake, like, mm -hmm. can't sleeping because I only gave their book two stars. But the reason, hear me out, gentlemen, mm -hmm. please, like, tell me that I'm a psychopath. But my reasoning was. What if a guy that I like looks up my Goodreads, mm. takes a look at my books and, say, and says to himself, oh, she gave this piece of trash five stars. Yeah, yeah. We have nothing okay. in common. I have nothing to say to this girl. She's out. Yeah, that's And like, that's I really important. like him. And I do it's think- not, though. Yeah. I, I feel like I should care more about the writer's feelings. That's well, a tough maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. What if that writer is like your soulmate, but- um, that would be kind of sad if it was like William Faulkner who's been dead for a decade. <laughs> but, um, well. That would be yeah. sad. It's a, I it would never a, go out with him. He was wait, no, and I love his writing, but like, wow, what a slog! Can you imagine dating William Faulkner? It's like, you know what, guy, it's not yeah. all bad all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> there, you know what? There should be there should be a reality show. Where they hire and make up, uh, hire an actor and make up this <laughs> actor to look like William Faulkner, as if he's still alive, and mm -hmm. he matches with different people on dating apps and goes out, goes out with I like them, it. and it, like yeah, it. and it's called like dating William Faulkner and people <laughs> who don't who don't realize that he's, you know, I don't know, maybe they would Google and be like, well, it must be a different William Faulkner because this this one's alive when. Yeah, when when my when my oldest son was in preschool, maybe three or four, um, I took him to the art museum for a Monet exhibit, and the art was really great, and and we both enjoyed it a lot. But as we were getting in the car to go home, he was kind of disappointed, and he was like, "I thought Monet was going to be there." Oh. <laughs> They should a hundred percent do that. Yes. Like those kind of famous name artists to like just hire an actor. Oh, true. Walk yeah. around in costume, you know, wrap bandages around his his head so he looks like Vincent <laughs> Van Gogh. And just answer questions. Uh interact with like I think kids would get so much more out of the art museum if we did that. That's really true. I love this idea. I really like it. Yeah, I, I to add to that, I think uh, I would make the the actor portray. I I would turn them the artist that was being portrayed into mm -hmm. like a, a like a mascot more like with a oh with a head, like, yeah a paper so like, mache head yeah kind of like <laughs> a yeah kind of like a uh, yeah a, a, an amusement park version of that uh, <laughs> that artist 
that's and good. someone in that suit. Yeah. Oh, that's good because then the, somebody who actually knew could be could like stand next to them and answer the questions. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Andy Warhol's got to go go rest for a few <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Salvador Dali has to go walk his goldfish. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, a Frida one would be cool. Oh, that would be really cool. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those are great ideas. I love those. Yeah. Yes. Suggest those to like the museum. Yeah, I'll put together a uh, a PowerPoint. <laughs> a deck. Yes, slide deck. Yeah, can't call it PowerPoint anymore. <laughs> I want to know when that stopped because that was yes the universal for the '90s and maybe even into the 2000s. And then one day, somebody started saying slide deck, and everybody else jumped on board. I also would like an alert, some sort of an alert when everybody stops saying one thing and starts saying another. Um, I feel like it takes me a couple news cycles or like a couple media cycles before I catch on. I was like, oh, okay. We're saying that albums dropped instead of they've been released, you know, like oh, this, right, this, right, this yeah. is how we're going to refer to this from now on because I'm hopelessly late. Yeah. We were just talking in the car maybe a few weeks ago about how doggo seems to have completely supplanted doggy like nobody says doggy oh. anymore yeah that's true mm, that's yes true. doggo and pupper yeah i think yeah i definitely say doggo i don't I can't think of the last time i said doggy um yeah, it's, been a, it's been a minute since i said doggy yeah wow i i think it's doggo i don't know doggo just sounds funnier um because because yeah. it's obviously uh newer and doggy yeah. is so doggy is so established that even uh older folks say doggy so <laughs> yeah. yeah it's language change sometimes is driven by novelty more than uh any rational uh rational reason for change yeah okay so as far as the the pet, like the animal stuff goes especially that of like dog speak i think it's more like finely attuned like i think the reason people have picked it up so readily um is because it actually does sound like the way dogs would talk to each other like whatever language oh. that is that's mm. being used sounds more like like I can picture a dog calling another dog doggo but i cannot picture another dog calling another one doggy like yeah, they, that sounds it doesn't sound like they, mm -hmm, Yeah, they wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, uh, I wonder what dogs are calling us. Oh, that's a great <laughs> question. That's a great question. Because I don't think they call them my humans the way that, that we think they, they no, do. No, no. The way that it's portrayed in the media, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. I think humans is even wrong, too. Oh, that's, yeah. They yeah. would, they definitely don't do that. Do you think they might refer, do you think they know our names? Like, do you think, do you think a dog is like, oh, Rebecca is back? I gotta, no, I gotta hang out with Rebecca's here. No. Maybe. Because I've heard that cats think, that people are just larger cats but i i That's don't funny. know how that was determined like what the how what the study i haven't seen the literature like this is how we determined <laughs> yeah huh. some of that just seems like conjecture and somebody else was like oh it seems like it makes sense 
elephants see us the way that we see dogs i've read like the oh, same part of their brain the same part of our brain that gets activated when we see dogs is the same part of an elephant's brain that activates when they see us wow so they i mean i generally i am excited by seeing dogs because uh, mm -hmm. uh, just the possibility of petting them. So does, uh, I, I hope that means that we bring them mm -hmm. uh, joy like that too. Yeah. yeah, and I know it's not very popular to anthropomorphize, or rather, I guess it is really popular to anthropomorphize, but um, um, mm -hmm. from what I understand, like the equivalent is, oh, look at that cute thing. Like oh, that okay. part of our brains that's like, oh my gosh, that thing is so cute, is it's <laughs> the same it's the same reaction that elephants have whether or not they think in those terms again i don't know but yeah i could see them doing that just purely off the basis of like oh look at this cute thing i could squish like <laughs> yeah. and yeah. and and that i could end instantly and <laughs> it's like yeah. uh squirting water at me and that's kind of fun yeah yeah i definitely don't want to eat them but i could crush them <laughs> Um, well, speaking of animals, I know. Wait, are we at the um, rec at the our recommends I, part yet? I, I I think we can be, unless you want to throw something in here. Well, it was related to recommends. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a good segue. Okay. Um, it's my free recommends. Um, I'm always looking for free things to do that require very little effort, and um, mine is animal related. It's um. Basically, it's like too hot to do anything or go anywhere and you don't have any money anyway. So um, you hang around with your friends and you think of new um, animal collective names. Um, oh. So like, um, like the, the name for a bunch of, um, what is that? Like swans, I think, mm -hmm. is like, I think it's like a bevy, a bevy of swans um but i think a better one would be like a flotilla of swans or oh, like no. oh thank you thanks um what else there's like um oh uh lizards this isn't one that i made up but lizards um i forget what their connect theirs is i don't even know if they have one but Somebody else suggested um, a lounge of lizards, which I really like. Oh, I do like that, too. I was trying to think of some that would rhyme. Like, oh, they should rhyme, definitely. Oh, that's it could be cute. like a Groupon of swans. <laughs> a Groupon <laughs> of swans. <laughs> a Groupon does sound like it would be a really great word for... Yeah, I... Yeah. And I wish I had better, um, maybe I'll have to go watch this YouTube video again and come back and edit myself in uh, sounding all knowledgeable. But um, I just saw a thing about how a lot of the like collective nouns that we have, especially for animals, mm -hmm. are all sourced to like one document. And they may, a they may have been a joke. Like, Here's this funny thing I wrote about what I think we should call groups of animals. <laughs> that's amazing. I hope that's yeah. true. But yeah, um, I, I definitely think a, a business of ferrets is the best oh, that, one. That one's good. And a, a, a parliament of owls. 
parliament of vows. Oh, really wow. Good. Yeah. Also, non-animal like, stuff too is really good. Like a a like a clutch of grandmothers or like a morbidity of goths. Oh, that's you know, like, yeah. That's yeah. Funny. Did you have one, Jose? I uh, you know, I I my only thought was that whoever came up with murder of crows, like that definitely has to be kind of a goof. Like that's just too good to not be. Yeah. <laughs> murder of crows is really good. Yeah. Very sinister. Yeah. Yeah. Business of ferrets though. Don't like you just immediately picture all the ferrets with business ties and yeah. briefcases. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, briefcases. yeah. Wait, do they not have that usually? Is that <laughs> have I been have I been tricked by the internet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even had. That sounds like a sounds like a great sketch or like a YouTube puppet show or something. This little like, <laughs> ferrets having having Zoom meetings or or uh, <laughs> conference calls only about ferret stuff, which if I was put on the spot and I feel like I'm putting myself on the spot here, I don't know that I could name three facts about ferrets. Um, Mine my, would be very, the very obvious facts. Like they're yeah. mammals. Oh, they yeah. bear live young. And uh, they have a certain smell to them. I was going to say, they kind yeah. of... Yeah, um, they're smelly. Yeah. Are they related to weasels? They have a weasely quality to them. I think I think they're in the the weasel fan. They're related to weasels, but only by marriage. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's the weasely, like, they're mostly, they're mostly their neck, right? Like, the whole, their whole body is their neck. Basically, would that, you say that? Yeah, I think that sounds accurate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or like, or like they were that like their mom was a weasel and their dad was a an empty paper towel um, roll. My daughter just went to a pet store and sent me texted me a bunch of pictures of the ferrets and I called them snake mice. So <laughs> <laughs> part snake, part mouse. I'm not really sure what the upside of a ferret is. Like, I know people keep them for pets. I'm not positive why. Like, what's the what's the appeal there? I, they are very cute. Okay, that's yeah. Cute, cute goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, though. Doing all the heavy lifting. Okay. You disagree with their cuteness? I do. Yeah, I'm not finding them cute at all. Um, no. How do you feel about capybaras? Do you think capybaras are cute? Um, their faces are cute. Their bodies kind of freak me out a little bit. Okay, okay. Um, I sort of uh wore Karen down with that because at first she was like, "Oh, they're not cute. I don't like those." Yeah, mm -hmm. and constantly like, "But look, he's got a little orange on his head," or oh, "Look, he's <laughs> friends with a crocodile." Or there's a great video where there he's standing next to a pelican and the pelican is trying to eat him. <laughs> but it's too big for the pelican's beak. Uh, it's, yeah. I love them and would love to like ride around on one if I could. 
It honestly looks like the animal from Princess Bride. It looks like a rodent of unusual size. Yeah. But like maybe a cuter version of that, like a nicer version. Yeah. But still an R-O-U-S. I'll tell you an animal I really hate and it's gross and I hate it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's the sloth. It is, oh, is the most disgusting wow. animal. I once saw this, I don't know if it was on National Geographic or the Animal Planet or what, but it was like, it was, have you guys ever seen the, um, oh, what's that, that thing at the Playboy Mansion, the grotto? Have you guys ever seen the inside of the grotto, like on a, in a movie or like maybe even live, maybe you've, maybe you party with Hugh or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So it was like the I have grotto. a mental image of it, but I don't know where I ever would have seen it. <laughs> like it's sometimes like, I think maybe I've, I've seen an episode of, I want to say like Entourage or Sex in the City or something, something just gruesome. It, yeah, it definitely seems like a place they would go on Entourage. For sure. Um, anyway, it was, so it was like a grotto and it was like full of sloths and they were just sitting in the water like doing that weird breathing and there were so many of them and just it looked humid in there it just looked so humid and i i saw it at a very impressionable age and i've just never i've never liked them since don't mm. appreciate them i'm not even sure how they i how are yeah. they still like evolutionarily how are they not getting yeah. picked off by predators all the time that's a that's a great question. I do have to say, given the choice, I would take a grotto full of sloths to a grotto full of Hugh Hefners. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. But that said, yeah, I don't know. I I went most of my life without hearing about them, and then suddenly they were everywhere. And I, I do feel like oh that's really cute. Look, look at those. The claws are the thing that does it for me. Like, yeah, wow, those are. And they're not even vicious. They just have like murder hands for no reason. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And then they have these weird, dumb, creepy smiles that I don't mm -hmm. like. They're so creepy. And yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't understand them at all. Although so, I totally as someone, <laughs> as someone with a dumb, creepy smile, I really find connection <laughs> and community with them. Um, yeah, you know they what? It remind is... me a lot of like really stoned guys that I went to high school with, who you would like talk to, and they would smile real slow, like like your words were reaching them in slow motion. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I find it. Yeah. It is really interesting because I do remember, like you know, I learned about uh, sloths as uh, you know growing up or whatever but uh, yeah they were it was like oh they're just kind of they're kind of odd because they're super slow uh, but yeah now I think now that uh, you know instead of just being in a uh, in some sort of textbook or you know because I don't I don't think I ever saw a sloth in uh, a zoo uh, at least mm -hmm. one that I've been to so, sure. so yeah. Um, but yeah with the internet it's kind of like hey look at these videos of a sloth doing whatever mm -hmm. um and uh yeah i i get why i get why they why people think that they look cute um i just remember it being put into my head as a young kid that like they may look cuddly but they're not because of uh yes they're they're aforementioned murder hands <laughs> um so if i ever encountered one i think i would uh, or at least pre-internet i'd be like that's cool i'll stay away and now with the internet i'd be like 
come over here and I will suffer whatever consequences. Yeah, yeah. I think koalas are like that too. Where it's like, oh, oh yeah, koalas are really cute, cute, but they're they're kind of temperamental. Yeah, they're really they're angry. mean, but they are. Yeah, they, they don't really like people. Nope. Can you blame them? I will say, as much as I dislike sloths, mm-hmm. I do embody um, at different different phases. Like sometimes I have a manic energy about me, but um, other times I um, I'm I'm embod- I'm the very embodiment of a sloth. Um, yeah, slow, yeah. slow to act, um, content to just kind of hang around and not do much, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is interesting that the sloth is the only animal that is also one of the seven deadly sins. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Find out to maybe yeah maybe that's part of their attitude to find out as an animal you are maybe. also a sin like yeah could be although back to collectives you've got the pride of lions mm. and um i'm sure there's got to be like a collective that's called like if there's a murder of crows there's an envy of what peacocks or like an envy oh, of oh okay yeah yeah you know something something's an envy get a lot of them and yeah that makes yeah. sense or like a vanity of of peacocks maybe even oh i like that yeah 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 a lot of those deadly sins they seem they seem stackable like it seems like one like yeah, it could, mm-hmm. could go either way you know pride and vanity yeah. those seem those seem are are those really two different things not totally sure Maybe that's oh. maybe they they were presented as such, supposed to have overlap, so that you really could not get out of, you know, <laughs> you couldn't just have one. Uh, you, it's like, oh, uh, you, you know, you're prideful, but yeah. you also, uh, you're kind of this too. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, well, I wonder if this is if this is just a me thing, or if it is. I kind of felt like a long time ago, like it was fairly universal that like. But I've never seen anybody divide up the seven deadly sins and be like, these are the fun ones. <laughs> They're the terrible ones. But like, I don't feel like envy is a like a fun thing that you look forward to doing. Whereas, and why, and why is it the one that is? I like? I don't know. Why is it the one that I'm so like I'm most susceptible to? You're most, oh, huh. Like if that's if that's true, then why is that the easiest one to fall into for me that's, for myself? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's a great. That's a great question. So I'm wondering. Yeah, I'm wondering if there are people who uh, enjoy uh, envy the way I enjoy sloth and gluttony. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't say that I. Yeah, that's the thing is that I can't say that I enjoy it, but I also can't excuse. Like, why else would I? Why else would that be my go-to? Yeah. I, I, maybe, I don't know. Uh, this this applies to a lot of them, I guess, but like. Uh, like and you can envy from afar like you can you know you don't really have to do much to to envy so it's like maybe (laughs) the easiest one of the easier ones to fall into that's true it's like sloth's cousin yeah 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 because even gluttony like you have to you can't just like uh you can't just like think your way into gluttony you have to actually 
do actions to be you actually a have to so, yeah you have to go yeah. onto your phone and open doordash and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like to be angry takes a lot of energy yeah and uh lust i guess uh you it know is, yeah uh, yeah uh, it, it's, it's time I think consuming it's, it's time yeah. consuming to be lustful so maybe yeah, yeah maybe more than think? fun and not fun it's passive and active not yeah passive and active yeah and I, I do feel like there are plenty of people in the world who default to anger. True. And, uh, or default to, yeah, I probably default to sloth the most of all, or. Like or that's gluttony. like, that's yeah. like greed is the worst one. Cause it leads to ambition, which leads to like effort, which yeah. is why. Hey, do you have it. a, do you have a favorite deadly sin? Wait, me or, me? or was it? I already... Oh, well you said yours was envy. Yeah, mine was Emmy. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I think because uh, I had to, I was like, I was had to remember which ones were which. So mm -hmm. I had to uh, do a search and pull up a list. Okay. I'm going to go with. Uh, <laughs> Let's rank them all. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess Sloth, if I don't know. Uh, it just seems like. Uh, I'm going to go with sloth. I don't really have any good reasoning for other than like, uh, you know, I've definitely gotten to the point in my life where it's like, oh, just a, uh, I, I have a free open day. Maybe I'll nap. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, some people, yeah. some people will be like, well, that's just self-care. Other people will be like, no, that's laziness. And like, you know, sloth is, yeah. is uh, right up there. But like, yeah, I don't know. Everything, I, I you know what? I think everything else, for the most part, does take more effort than it's worth it. So, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I was torn between the two, but if you're taking sloth, then I will stick to gluttony, which yeah. definitely I, sloth is definitely the one I like reprimand myself the most for, though. Like, I can't be yeah. lazy all day, I gotta, you know, be constantly in motion. See, okay, so that's the trick, though, too, because then that's greed. Because, like, why do you have to be constantly emotional? Well, I need to be productive. Well, why? And because eventually when you get to the root of that answer, mm -hmm. it's it's got to be greed of some sort, right? Like ambition. Yeah, yeah. Some sort. So, like, you're, like, you're screwed either way. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Although and, like, I think okay, like, yeah. the opposite of gluttony, wouldn't that be vanity? Oh, maybe. Like, starving yourself to... Mm -hmm. some sort of ideal maybe and like gluttony is like the absence like i don't care i don't care how i how i've like how i'm presenting myself to others and therefore yeah. um that the the seed of that is vanity right or something i don't know oh maybe maybe i don't know yeah um, i guess I, I guess i've never thought of gluttony in terms of uh, of like what because I think there you know people I don't know gluttony is just seem seems like it could be another form of greed in some ways uh because it's like yeah uh you know like <laughs> greed seems more specifically attuned to uh to money or I I think even uh power but then the gluttony is kind of your way to get there <laughs> or like you have to have kind of a gluttonous uh 
I would say, a gluttonous spirit to really fully be very greedy. That's true. And also, but, like, we had food and, like, things to st- that sustained us way before we had, like, a concept of money. So, like, yeah. so, like that's even more deeply embedded in us than money. Like, wanting to amass money is, is a newer yeah. um, idea to us. Whereas like gluttony, like probably like the wanting to have the most food in the group, like that person, um, mm-hmm. like that trait went on to develop itself into wanting to amass the most amount of money. Yeah, maybe it, it has its root in insecurity of not having enough. Right, yeah. right, exactly. I need to hoard this. I need to, I need to keep all this for myself because I'm afraid that there won't be more later. Well, that's or that true. then it but it also can become like a status thing which true. can be reflective of someone's uh sense of pride so they're all a lot it, i don't know and maybe a lust for like i don't know they're all kind of like right uh just uh, similar yeah uh yeah yeah they, come from, uh, yeah they come from similar weaknesses or insecurities in our minds true yeah, we've like well, we've, rat- solved, we've solved the mystery of sin. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Whereas wrath is just like, just like, okay, you're just furiously angry, and uh, like, I guess that's a sin. But like, it's you know, uh, to me, it's like, well, that's a feeling. Like, I think maybe the thing is that anger is a feeling. Wrath is like almost it's uh, mm. describing ang- like letting your anger get the best of you or or yeah or using like a path for vengeance or yeah yeah, yeah I, I guess like anchor like that's there's a reason we have that feeling right like just like there's a reason we have joy and sadness like anger probably is important for us to feel i guess the way the other feelings are joy pain Sunshine, <laughs> rain. rain. <laughs> it takes two to make a thing go right. It takes two. Is it? It takes two to make it out of right? Is yeah. that the next yeah. one? Okay. Three or two? Two. <laughs> All right. Well, are we ready to move on to some recommendations? Who wants yeah. to go first? Uh, I'll go first since uh, this is just fresh in my mind. Um, I recently saw The Little Mermaid, the new one, 2023. I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, Uh, To be fair, I was so, I, when I saw it, I was very tired. I did, uh, I did like uh, sneak an unintentional nap in there, but that had nothing (laughs) to do with any, anything going on that was Mm -hmm. on me, uh, on me and being in a nice, cool theater, um, in pretty comfortable chairs. Uh, so, uh, I, I really enjoyed Little Mermaid. Um, uh, Hallie Bailey as Ariel is like phenomenal, uh, and fantastic. Mm Um, and then like, yeah, I think just, you know, the spec, you know, uh, of all of the, of all of the movie studios you, that exist, you're like, well, of course Disney was going to go all out for the Little Mermaid, this, this new version. Uh, so it is, it's shot really beautifully and, uh, the costumes and the colors and everything are just, uh, you know, really, it's definitely spectacle. 
and done really well in that way that Disney does. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Halle Bailey, Halle Bailey was awesome. Um, uh, David Diggs, uh, who most people know mm -hmm. via Hamilton, uh, he was uh, Sebastian and he was awesome and, and fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, and then just like uh, Melissa McCarthy, uh, who I, I really like Melissa McCarthy Love and I thought she was great in um, as Ursula uh, in, in a maybe it was I don't know in some way I, I feel like she didn't get enough screen time I don't know uh, so the, yeah I, I whatever was going on there I don't put that on um, Melissa McCarthy because uh, she was uh, really good in the stuff I saw who I was surprised by um, and pleasantly so was Aquafina who uh, mm -hmm. plays Scuttle, the uh, seagull. And uh, I was just, I like, I'm not actually, uh, I'm sure she's fine as a human being. I've not been a fan of Aquafina, like, uh, for whatever reasons. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I just really enjoyed her as Scuttle. I think she did a good job for, for what she was uh, supposed to do. So that was, uh, that, was kind of, that was a pretty pleasant surprise to, like, uh, when the credits came up and they're like, oh, Aquafina is Scuttle. And I was just like, whoa, that is, uh, I don't know, for some reason, uh, I didn't know. I for, mo for the most part, I try not to know too much about movies before mm -hmm. I go in to see them. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so I had had no idea who was uh, who that was um, or who was playing Scuttle or who did the voice for Scuttle. And uh, I thought they were pretty great. And it turned out it was Aquafina. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. I saw her I saw her name on the poster and then completely forgot she was in it. And then about halfway through the movie, I was like, oh, I figured <laughs> it out. I was trying to picture who who it might be and I couldn't I couldn't get to it. And then I figured it out and I felt really proud of myself. But um it also uh passed the the test with my 12 year old. She loved it. Thought it was great. Wanted to wants to go back <laughs> today. We saw it last night. She wants to go back today and see it again. Nice. Um, she, uh, yeah, she, and this was my first experience with the Disney live action movies because hmm. I oh, do okay. still feel as great as much as I enjoyed it. Um, I was there was there's still a nagging part of my brain that was like, why did we do this? <laughs> <laughs> Like, why does this? Yeah. But it was, but yeah, everybody involved was really good and it was very fun. And it was even um, interesting to see like when it stayed like word for word to the original and when it, oh, yeah, slightly. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was constantly surprised. We're like, oh, oh, they just dropped that whole conversation in from the original movie. Um, but I liked the, yeah, the, because um, we learned more about the land world, I think, than we did in the cartoon. Although it's been several years since I've seen the, the original movie. Yeah, I, uh, I totally get, I, I think in general, the, the, whatchamacallit, the people have kind of questioned, like, why remake any of those, especially like Little Mermaid, which is pretty, mm -hmm. uh, you know, which was, done very well and uh you know is it's funny because uh i feel like people kind of forget that for a while like disney was kind of out of animation or like mm -hmm. you know they had uh you know there was cinderella and snow white and and some other things but they kind of like 
chilled for a while because I don't know, they kind of lost focus and were off track. And I think they just kind of like put a pause on things. And then uh, it was kind of like in the what, late 80s, uh, going mm-hmm. to the 90s that they were like, they re- kind of picked up uh, with animating these uh, very princess uh, mm-hmm. hero's journey kind of stories. Um, so yeah, I think uh, to me, Little Mermaid reminds me of like them kind of getting back to that form uh in terms of what they were offering as disney um but i think uh maybe this is uh maybe this might not be correct uh, but it does it can sound a little cynical but people have uh basically said that the remakes are to keep certain uh intellectual property uh from Mm -hmm. going into the public domain um i don't know if that's what other people have heard i yeah i have also i've also heard that which is uh in- interesting because like these stories all started out as public domain but also like right. it's it's not like they're remaking uh although they did redo pinocchio so maybe i'm not too far and cinderella right yeah. like they didn't yeah i guess they did so, yeah yeah so i don't know but like the little mermaid coming out in the early 90s, I think is still pretty, there's still quite a, a while on it before. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's also just a fun exercise. And a lot of people like to be grumpy on the internet, possibly even myself, <laughs> that, uh, you know, oh, everything's the same. And um, A, that's not definitely not a new thing. Right. Um, but B, I also, as somebody who, uh, does like the occasional weird movie. Like, mm-hmm. I also know that other, like, a lot of the people who say, like, oh, we want we want more. If we really did want that, we would see more of it because that would be what people are going to see. True. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, I don't know, I think people uh, complain a lot when it's something that maybe um, is, so, like, a movie like this that's clearly... So although, you know, both of both us being adult men who enjoy the movie, <laughs> um, it, it, I, if I didn't have a child that wanted to see it, I probably would have would not have gone into the theater to see it um, just out of priority, just simple priority. Like I would have gone to see something more targeted to me. Um, I feel like I'm twisting myself into knots to make a point that isn't even here. Um, <laughs> that. Um, and I'm trying to criticize somebody while also still being on there, uh, like, yeah, but people, when something's not for me, especially kind of overprivileged guys on the internet, it's automatically like 40 points worse. So now we we have this movie because, oh, somebody thought to think of young girls or other groups when they, when they came out with a movie. Yeah. Like, I know the, what's the magazine? The National Review has been very uh, ridiculously pointed in their criticism. It's like, really? I don't know if they were thinking of the National Review when they were like, <laughs> really like this. Yeah. Like, like, I think I have an answer for mm-hmm. the live action movies. So I've only seen one Disney live action remake and it was Beauty and the Beast and I loved it. 
Uh And I haven't been staying away because I'm cynical about the remakes. Um, They look interesting. Um, It's just I when I do go to the movies, I just end up picking other stories. But Mm -hmm. um, I think the reason that the remakes are really cool is because there's something about watching a cartoon and seeing things that can only be done in drawings um, happen in front of your eyes. And then as a child, you're like, God, that is so cool. I wonder what that would look like, like in real life, like what that would actually look like. Like the first thing that comes to mind is the beginning of DuckTales when Scrooge McDuck dives into all the gold coins. And when I was a kid and I saw that, I would just imagine like, God, what would that actually look like? Like that looks so incredible. That's such an incredible visual. What would that actually look like? Mm-hmm. And then like the closest comp I have to that is um, the scene in Indecent Proposal where Woody Harrelson is throwing 20s at um, Demi Moore. Like that's the closest comp that I have. Sure. I want to see the, like I want to see the fantastical version of the duck doing that. And um, yeah, yeah. Like I want to see that actually happen. And like I have Howard the Duck, I suppose, but like I don't have that like fantastical mm-hmm. version of it. And what was mm-hmm. really cool about um Beauty and the Beast was seeing these fantastical elements um transposed into like a real live action set piece. That was neat. It was neat to see a wardrobe sprout legs and walk it was neat to see like mm-hmm. the candlestick like lumiere and chip and and everyone ottoman um it was neat to see that stuff and i think as a child you want you'd so desperately want those things to be real like like reading lion the witch in the wardrobe and wondering like just being frustrated that it was limited to words on a page and like even though you could envision it in your head you wanted so desperately to be completely immersed visually as well and yeah. these live action movies um give a sense of what that would be like and for that i appreciate them again i've only seen beauty and the beast i really loved it a lot um i've heard great things about mm-hmm. little mermaid um but i think that that's I, like i want to i i feel cynical about it too it feels like a like a money grab from disney but mm-hmm. i also do think they're staying true to themselves and wanting to deliver a magical experience to children mm-hmm and the children inside yeah. of us all. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, uh, you know, one of the things that I've uh, I've never, anytime anybody brings up like, oh, they uh, they killed my childhood or they ruined my childhood. It's like, right. wow, you've really given the power, you've given people yes. way more power than they should over yeah. your childhood. Yeah. Uh, and also if it, that were, if it were that easy, uh, there are people with, who've had terrible childhoods and I would want to do stuff that like made their childhood better. And it's like, if, if, if your childhood was, if your childhood was great, but then, you know, the, the star Wars prequels ruined it, uh, then your, your childhood was really great. And uh, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. George Lucas did not ruin it. It's your weird sense of what you have a right yeah. to, uh, and uh, to enjoy or feel entitled to. Yeah. Um, that's such a great point. And it's like antithetical to the very notion of childhood. Like the very essence of childhood is um, without limitations, like imagination without limitations. It's mm-hmm. 
ideas without anybody telling you why it won't work out. And if your childhood gets ruined because 20 years later, somebody um, like amended the story and your imagination wasn't able to adapt and grow, um, then yeah, your childhood's over because you weren't able to like, your mind isn't elastic or plastic enough to, Mm -hmm. to stretch with that, with that artist, you know, like it's, yeah, your childhood's over. Like, congratulations. Like you, you limited yourself and now, and now (laughs) Peter Pan is just a story and he's not real anymore. Yeah. I feel like there is a, a maturity that comes along when it comes to like art and stories and things like that because i remember being a kid and just like many kids being obsessed with greek mythology for a couple Mm. years yeah and at the time i hated the idea that oh there are different versions of these myths and sometimes me too and it it was like i want to know which one is the real one which is obviously impossible right and, and absurd just in in but you feel like that with batman too like what's the real batman and <laughs> yeah. as i got as i got older and i saw started playing around with with you know creative writing and things like that too just that idea that um you can be like well what if it was the same story but this was different or what if we went in this direction with it and now it's kind of cool that there are Yes. So many variations on Batman or whoever. Um, So I, yeah, I definitely have have turned around on that since I was (laughs) twelve. I totally relate to that. It was very frustrating to look in the encyclopedia and read a story about um, about how something happened, and then read a similar story about. It was just very frustrating that there would be different versions. You're absolutely right. I hated it. I wanted to hear the one true version, which reminds me of the, our first podcast where I recommended the book, the book um, Trust Exercise. Oh, and yeah, yeah. A huge part of that book is about um, like you, you so desperately want to know the truth, the mm-hmm. one true story. And it's so frustrating that there isn't one like that. Just it. My brain can't handle it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah, I, yeah, I think I felt a certain, and I, so I brought up Star Wars, uh, and I think I felt, uh, felt a similar frustration at, uh, you know, uh, not so much the prequels, uh, well, although like I was super excited when the prequels came out because I was, uh, a, you know, I really was a big fan of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh wow, more Star Wars. Um, you know, it turns out they were not entirely fulfilling for me. Uh, and I didn't, you know, uh, I, like for me, I would, uh, you know, anybody who's never been exposed to Star Wars, I would be showing them Star Wars in the uh, order in which they were released and not mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. chronological order because that, that like that doesn't make any sense to me. But, yeah. um, you know, one thing that uh, my wife Nina kind of, help me understand it's like uh, there you know there are kids who grew up with uh the prequels uh episode one two and three that love them uh yeah. and it's like oh yeah because they kind of that's what they were to that you know to them and right. you know i never hated them uh i enjoyed them mostly um, um. as just kind of like oh well that's kind of cool and neat 
but they didn't do much for me in terms of uh, appreciating Star Wars, I think, any more than I already did. Um, but I, yeah, I just think that that notion that, like, uh, there, there is something about, I, I think, uh, you know, in addition to, like, turning uh, The uh, Little Mermaid into a live-action movie, I think there is something about uh, just renewing it uh, for a new generation of audience goers because like as beloved as the, you know, the original Disney version of Little Mermaid is, uh, you know, for so many people, it's like, that's just a, you know, uh, <laughs> that's just a, uh, a weird rectangle, whether a VHS tape or a, or a DVD that, you know, has, someone has at their house or, <laughs> a, you know, a thing to tap on their streaming service uh, amongst like a billion other things. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, folks getting to, especially younger folks getting to kind of see it in theaters with all of the spectacle, it's like, yeah, that could be really cool. And like, maybe don't shit upon it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Excellent point. Yeah. But as, as far as like original storytelling and like non-IP content, I will say, and this isn't my recommendation recommendation although i do recommend it um i the other day i went to see asteroid city um oh, yeah. i loved it so much it's like one of my favorite wes anderson films now um and it's also one of my favorite desert films it made me so homesick i missed arizona so much after i saw it it i don't know my my heart grew mm -hmm. to like oh. five cactuses big it was so great oh oh that's nice yeah, yeah it nice. i yeah my Reaction to the first trailer was that it looks like the Cars ride at Disneyland <laughs> in the best possible way. But yeah, I uh, I am excited very much to see it. I showed the trailer actually to my daughter this afternoon and she was like, I love it. I want in. I want to see it. So Oh, she's going to love it. She's going to yeah. love it. You know, this. um you know how like at start it's in stores certain stores in Arizona they carry like the um, postcards about Phoenix um, or from mm -hmm. Phoenix from like the fifties, and everybody who's tan is like that orange color. Yeah, and like yeah. the the sky is like that fake blue color. Like he gets those colors so perfectly, and oh yeah, the 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 recognition that people who live in the desert will have just like from the very first frame. Um, there's just nothing like it. I've never seen anyone capture my home um, and things that I think about my home so um, just so clearly. There's even like this, um, this scene where everybody is um, sitting or standing um, like uh, under this lattice work and the lattice work is, is um, is making shade on everybody in that crosshatch pattern. And mm -hmm. I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, I like, that's so familiar. That's so weirdly yeah. like oh, this amazing. Arizona filming. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was so familiar and it was like a familiar smell. It was like sm smelling something you haven't smelled since kindergarten or something. It was so surreal. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah, it was great. It was really good. It's great. Looking forward to it. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> My recommendation, I don't know if you guys are, I don't know how popular this was. My friend Maddie recommended it to me like an, a year after it came out. And this was a year ago that I first saw it. I just watched it again the other day. Um, it is a special from Julio Torres 
Um, he is a comedian. Um, I forget. I don't think he's from Mexico. I want to say he's from. Where is he from? I'm gonna look that up while I talk about this. It's okay. a special that is streaming on Max, and he is from the show um, Los Spookies. You will recognize if you watch oh, that show, yes. you will recognize him. I love that show. Um, it's a great show. It's a really great show. He did a, a, a like, I guess the closest um, analogous thing would be like a stand up special, but he's sitting down through the whole thing. Okay. And um, he's behind a desk. It's called My Favorite Shapes. It's streaming on Max. And he basically has like this little conveyor belt. Um, and these sh different shapes come out like these different mm -hmm. objects um some of them are like actual objects and some of them are just actually fabricated shapes and he talks about them and why they're they're his favorite and what touring with these shapes has been like oh um, nice it's really great it's super funny um it's held up now i guess for like a year at least um i still found it funny a year later um oh and i just looked up he's from el salvador um, he's uh -huh. so, um, yes, truly. It's just really, really good TV, really good TV making. It's short. I think it's only, I think it's less than an hour. Um, but it's super funny and very clever and incredibly imaginative. If yeah. you're going to do a comedy special where it's just like a one, a one person act on stage, uh -huh. there's, you know, there's, there's the typical, um, mic stand and, a bar stool and a um like a bottle of water and then there's what julio torres is doing which is just incredible yeah that's, <laughs> and yeah it's great sounds amazingly right up my app and he was the uh on los spookies he was like the like the kid who was the heir to the yes chocolate fortune i think mm -hmm. yeah and he's yeah. the one who has that um that weird relationship with the priest, like there's mm -hmm. a mystery about his past and like, he won't talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's great. I also like tangentially can recommend his Instagram. Um, I'm not huge on, like, I don't mm -hmm. use Instagram a whole lot, but um, his Instagram, I somehow, when I do log in, his is always one of the first that will come up and he is really great with Instagram. He's text and photos and it's okay. even a more interesting instagram after you've seen the special because he makes a lot of um references to the characters um from the from the special they make okay. appearances on his instagram and it's really funny and cute and clever that sounds yeah that sounds amazing sounds amazing super good have you seen it jose I have not, and Los Spookies is another yet another thing that's on my watch list. Okay. So, uh, yes, that is going to grow bigger and faster and eventually <laughs> swallow me up. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that's as it should be. Um, yeah, I I had that show on my list right away, and then I remember starting it and not getting to finish it and always having it at the back of my and like, oh, this is like the next thing. Oh, I'm going to get to this. I'm going to. And then <laughs> like last year around Halloween, we just binged it in a weekend. And oh, nice. So 
the second season is a little bit of a blur because like life was happening all around us and i haven't gone back to like uh really uh watch it intently as i should have i kept stopping and being like oh this is amazing oh something amazing is happening right now <laughs> and i definitely um in a strange sort of way always identified with the uh the character of Tati, the mm -hmm. Anna Abrega character, who just kind of like wanders in and out of scene. And, like, <laughs> yeah. Always uh, has like a project or a, a <laughs> like, oh, I'm supposed to be uh, like, I, I, I might be making this up, but I think there's an episode where she has a job breaking in shoes for people. <laughs> like, buy a pair of shoes and have her wear them for a couple days to break them in that's incredible uh, yeah if if that didn't happen on the show then tm 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 i'm gonna build <laughs> that that's really good side hustle yeah that's that's there's value there there's there's value added there mm. um yeah she's great i've seen her in a couple of like a, a few things recently um yeah, she's really, I haven't watched the second season of Los Spookies, but um, yeah, she's great. She's, she has such a, um, like an anti-performance type of performance about yes. her. Like, yes. and, and I really, I like it. It's very fresh and fun to watch. The anti-performance thing, and I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if these two people would enjoy being put together, but they both do their own thing in such a way that I absolutely love it. But it made me, when you said anti-pro, it made me think of Charlene Yee. Oh yeah, that's a really great uh, yeah. comp. Yes, yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, good comp. She makes me, every, every I don't know, couple months, I have to go onto YouTube and find the video when she was on Conan and she uh, did an impression of a turtle and ate lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that, but now I need it's, you. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's where it's I'm headed to after this. Yeah. <laughs> She's really great. I really love her. <laughs> yeah, I started uh, with our last episode. I don't know if I should go back and do it for all the way back or somebody else can do it. Um, but I started a YouTube playlist of all these things that we that we mentioned so oh, I'll have to do nice. that for this episode too because that's right I forgot you did that yes uh, I don't think I've made it public yet but by the time okay. this episode comes out it will be public so okay cool cool forget I said that <laughs> <laughs> I remembered that you mentioned it somewhere to us and I got really excited and then I forgot all about it until right this second so I just mm -hmm. got really excited again yeah. yes great idea fantastic you rick what are you recommending to us this so week? my recommendation is uh is kind of like a last minute panic recommendation but oh, okay. it is actually uh been a very a very nice uh lifestyle addition so in general i recommend owning legos mm, good. Uh, but mm. they don't necessarily need my endorsement they're doing fine i don't know um, i feel but, like people will forget about legos unless yeah. you bring it up in conversation every that's five true years, that's so. true yeah. if, you, if you don't have lost. like an eight-year-old living at your house then you might yeah. forget about legos mm -hmm. i think uh, that i think legos could use a street team 
do something, it. Something yeah. that we did back around, oh, I can't even remember if it was spring break or if it was winter break when we had a little bit of time. Uh, we took the Lego collection and sorted them by color. And it's hmm. a very rewarding experience. It's kind mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. uh, relax, like good mental health self-care just to so you have mm. a couple different and and we didn't have like in because they do now come in like there were when i was a kid they were just primary colors and that was okay. it like you okay. get what you get um i read that they resisted making gray legos for a long time because they didn't want any military toys at all like they had oh, interesting space program but they did not want military at all that's interesting because I remember that the kits my brother used to get were always like like the little gates um, uh, that had the military guys standing in front of them. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Hmm. Um, well, but I remember have, great Legos. They didn't hold out for that huge, long. Yeah. We don't have enough to do like completely like here's the, you know, this particular shade of orange. and the, So they're kind <laughs> of like, here's the warm colors. And so there's a bucket that has like reds and oranges in it here's the oh, nice. here's the blues and the greens and here's the the black and the white and the gray um it sounds very like like raking raking sand in a little zen yeah garden. it's definitely a very a very zen garden kind of thing to do and then you can be like i'm gonna just start attaching green legos together until i have the largest like green object <laughs> <laughs> did um did have you ever um had an experience with the like the fancy sets like the like build the guggenheim or like build falling water like have you uh, have you guys have did any of those my, my middle son did have a little phase where he really liked the architectural ones. He maybe even still has them on display in his house, but um, wow. I know he had the Space Needle. Wow. And uh, I want to say the Eiffel Tower, but I, that oh. actually doesn't, I think that one was a like a huge investment that, that we didn't have. But yeah, some of those are good. We did have, um, the tail end uh, i had friends who had like the the ones that had the motors and all the gears and things like that right and i liked playing with theirs but i i don't think i had any of my own until like maybe one of them outgrew them <laughs> um, but yeah that those were those were pretty great and then um yeah my daughter is currently like doing odd jobs and saving her allowance and trying to get to um there's a winnie the pooh set that's like a hundred dollars wow that's cool yeah that's so cute winnie the pooh set i think i saw um a frog and toad set the other day that looked pretty cute oh that's fantastic i yeah. i need to revisit that book i feel like that book is very much my my aesthetic my favorite and i didn't realize until about five years ago that Wind in the Willows mm -hmm. and Frog and Toad are friends are about different frogs. I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was the same the same people. <laughs> but my favorite ride at Disneyland is Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. That is a good one. That's and your favorite I, ride? 
Yeah. Favorite. What about you, Jose? What's your favorite ride? Uh, if I had to call it, uh, probably Space Mountain. Uh, or, or, oh man, that's a tough call. Cause I, I do, uh, you know, yeah. Liking star Wars. I did dig star tours. Mm. Uh, but you know what? I'm actually going to go with splash mountain. Cause that's like the, mm. that was kind of like the big deal, uh, you know, kind of growing up. Um, and yeah. it, especially being, uh, yeah. Uh, the, add a splash to a, uh, to some sort of amusement park ride, especially, mm -hmm. Uh, when it can be warm out and it might help cool you off. Uh, yeah. Great idea. Although now I'm just thinking about like how disgusting that water usually is. So <laughs> I I always love log rides, and I remember um, being a naturally terrified person. Uh -huh. Like that one is the one more than any other one where I was the most afraid while I was in line, and then the most <laughs> like that was really fun afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> either that one or the the twilight zone one that is now guardians of the galaxy i haven't what? been to been since they rebranded it but um, it was the twilight zone right yep it was the twilight zone tower of terror what i never went there oh man <laughs> and now now it's the guardians of the galaxy uh tower of terror yes basically <laughs> basically uh, I do keep telling myself one day I'm going to immerse myself in the Marvel universe. I just haven't yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I have a I have a point about that too. I want to cross my fingers so I don't forget it. Um, but uh, when Jose, when you mentioned Space Mountain, do you remember? This was right when my sons, my who are older, had uh, like that was when we were taking them. Uh, they decided to add to Space Mountain, the soundtrack, they was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. No way. Yeah. Whoa, I do not remember that. And I think it what? went, does it still go backwards? Is that a thing I made uh, up? I, I sounds think, like, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember they played what? Higher Ground. That's, that's wait, but that's not fair. That's a Stevie Wonder song. It is. I mean, but yes, they yes, paid the Red version. Hot Chili Peppers version. It's their version, yeah. I get that. But like, okay, all right, okay, all right. I'll let it go. Yeah. No, I'm. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm. Yeah. Definitely. Stevie Wonder. I have to say, like the songs of theirs that I did like when I liked them were all the cover songs, and then I found that oh, right. <laughs> that's what. But they do a cover of uh, Bob Dylan's "Subterranean Homesick Blues." Oh, they do? I didn't know yes, that. Yes, they do. And it, it, is, it is as bad or worse than you think it is. <laughs> um, I, I'm okay with Jimi Hendrix Fire or... <laughs> Although, yeah, I agree that the Stevie Wonder version is better. And their Love Roller Coaster is, like, adds nothing. So just oh, listen geez. to the Ohio player. The, the production, I think, on that song is better than the original. The production. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. I don't think it adds a lot. Like they're they're not they're yeah. not doing a whole lot. Did right. I tell you guys that I finished Anthony Kiedis's autobiography and I have never been oh. like I spent the whole time I was like I cannot wait till this guy sobers up. Like I could not. Uh -huh. I don't think I've ever waited for some somebody to get clean for as long as I waited for Anthony Kiedis to get clean. Like, it just took forever. Oh, and then yeah. by the time he finally kicks back, um, the book was done. Like it was a few pages and then. And then he didn't really have a whole lot to say after that. It was kind of a downer. Not as not as ex exciting 
um, as fleas. And I'm uh, currently. Currently um, on is the flea book like new? I think I feel like I just saw something about it. It's newer, newer. It's definitely not new. Right now, I'm I'm on Keith Richards. I'm at the tail end of Keith Richards. Um, his is really good. Oh, okay. Okay. Really, 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 really good. Um, but flea of of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, a band I care nothing about. Fleas, I would recommend Fleas. Very charming. I had him totally wrong. I love him. I don't know why he was in a band with Anthony Kiedis for so long. They clearly have a very dysfunctional relationship. Mm. Um, but yes, Flea is invited to my house anytime for dinner. Anthony Kiedis, not so much. <laughs> yeah, he definitely was the, the at least for me, the selling point. Because there was a, it, it's funny too, because it makes me sound like such a, such a hipster, but the, the silver, album i forget the name of it that was oh. that had their biggest hits on it like when they first blew up and and everybody mm-hmm. knew who they were like they were this weird um kind yeah. of i knew about their t-shirts for a long time because there was somebody junior year that wore his, his red hot chili shirt <laughs> like every single day, every day. yeah we had uh, one, of those one of my uh illustrious uh dirtbag friends in high school <laughs> And then I can't even remember. My friend recommended the Mother's Milk album to me, and I listened to that a lot. Has a couple guest appearances by Fishbone. That's yeah, that's infinitely true. Fishbone should be the household name now, but it is what it is. Yeah. But that's that true. yeah, that Under the Bridge album and all like the blood was, I went and bought that. Blood Sugar Sex Magic, right? Yes. Sight of the scene yes. had right. not heard a note of it and i took it home and i played it and i was like oh no i have made a big I've made a big <laughs> yeah that is a terrible album. yeah you're right yeah. very was, bad yeah and that was that was when i realized too like the early stuff was actually more enjoyable because you could not understand what anthony kiedis was saying exactly <laughs> but even then the best songs were all cover songs except for subterranean homesick blues which I will put on the lit like the five worst cover songs of all time. Like, oh, wow, there is there is a post I posted about it on Facebook, and then I had to go back like every day for three months, where I was like, it's still so bad, you guys. I hit it so bad. <laughs> I still get mad when I think about it. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I you know I, it's funny because I've never really like. I know the Red Hot Chili Peppers because they are just, they they are mm. the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Uh, and I think my first notion of of being aware that they existed was, uh, I think they were on, uh, oh, in the Lollapalooza tour mm-hmm. uh, at the same yeah. time that Ice Cube was on tour. That's right. And, and so I remember there was an article about, or like, I don't know, article might be a little generous. There was some write up <laughs> in, in one of the, uh, in one of the, I don't know, uh, some magazine, basically someone asking uh, Ice Cube basically like, well, you say that white people are devils, but <laughs> you're hanging out with Flea and, and Anthony from, uh, from Red Hot Chili Peppers. And he was like, yeah, they're cool devils. Uh, <laughs> that was, I think that was my first notion of them. And like, uh, 
Yeah, I like. I don't know the the only uh, under the bridge. I think is a good song. I don't think there's anybody who's like that. Totally sucks because it is. Oh, what it is, you, right? you know, they we're out there. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess they're probably out there, but like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I have to admit, I'm not a fan of that. I, I love the sentiment of the song, and uh, like, it's it's that's very beautiful and very vulnerable, and probably, oh, yeah. yeah I, um, but that I cannot handle that song. I'm oh, definitely pro bridge, but yeah, that is- <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, I'm like, wow, uh, that's good to know, and I will amend my. Uh, my karaoke choices uh <laughs> no you have to you have no, to yeah. go with god jose like i yeah. mean i like yeah. keep in I mind that i have very terrible taste in music yeah so. to be fair i i do think that rebecca hit upon the thing. it's like sentiment wise i like feel it i you know if i had to look at it in turn like it's not like i ever think like oh it, it's not anywhere near my top 10 list of like sad songs I like to listen to when I'm indulging my own sadness. It just never comes up that way. But when it comes on, uh, I still have a radio in my car. Uh, so I will sometimes uh, roll the dice and listen to actual live terrestrial radio. And it comes on fairly frequently Yeah, uh, yeah. when you do that. It's a uh, Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're uh, in any case. Uh, yeah. They're big hits. Uh, kind of aware of them. Uh, this, I, I think I probably am more aware of uh, uh, Weird Al's parody of their uh, oh. uh, Give It Away. Yeah. Uh, where uh, he he basically maps the Flintstones to that, uh, oh. To that song. Oh, I think I have heard that. I, I think they yeah. remember that. Oh, I that's that's I would have actually expected you, Rick, to have come across that. If you look up the video for Weird Al, and I don't even remember what the song is called uh, as a Weird Al parody, but uh, it it's is going on the playlist for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it definitely is. Uh, I don't know. It was well done as a parody for sure. Yeah, I, what I like about Under the Bridge after I after I um um interacted, I guess I'll say with um uh, his autobiography as a song about Los Angeles. I think Under the Bridge is a cool song. Any song that's really soulful about the city that you live in and that you come from, I think, um, mm-hmm. if done in earnest and with like a lot of sincerity, the way that he does it, um, is really beautiful, and I like it for that reason. Um, so I will, I, I just wanted to put that out there like that for that reason alone. And I do like knock me down, but the only red hot pepper song, I, I fully will admit to liking wholeheartedly. No Mm. cynicism is knock me down from mother's milk. I really like it. Yeah. Oh yes. Yes. I do. I do remember that one. I, um, had an, uh, had something, it was an episode of the Simpsons. Uh, my yes. my daughter brought to me. And I was like, "Who is this guy? He's really familiar." Hmm. And I looked at it, and it was Weird Al. <laughs> wow! Uh, and there's a strange thing now that I think, um, for somebody, she's definitely like I was as a kid, where I was very much not. Uh, scared off by things that were old. I don't know that I 
I, I think yeah. I come off as somebody who was fully invested in like, I just like old stuff, but hmm. it was more just like, well, a movie that came out last week and a movie that came out 60 years, like <laughs> right, the right. coin toss of which one's going to be better. But right. um, so she's very interested in like stuff from my childhood or stuff like she watched without complaint, watched a Buster Keaton movie with me. Nice. What a kid, man. Um, yeah, yeah. What are you doing, right? What are you, like, is that a milk drinker? Is she I mean, on maybe. Maybe. What's going on there? What's your yeah. secret? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I just was like, I think, I, it's, I remember thinking like, oh, I'll bet if she gave it a chance, she would like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So I yeah. got the audio book from the library, let her listen to the first like two minutes of it. And she was sold and spent that and that summer just listening to it over and over again. Oh, how cute. Yeah, it was pretty great. Oh, that's um, adorable. Oh, so, she's but, so cute. I love her. Yeah, the the thing with the Weird Al, though, is like, okay, here's this funny song. But you also have to know that there was this other song called Beat It. <laughs> like, like, so we haven't quite gotten uh, gotten her on board with him but she was curious about who he was like i know i've seen this guy before there's something <laughs> something about him that feels like i should know him um a real quick like secondary recommendation while i'm on talking about toys and the legos is a playmobile oh it yeah kind of low-key like super great stuff and i feel like they've maybe made a comeback that people aren't fully on board with because i was in a bookstore back in the spring and saw that they had like scooby-doo sets and there's a james bond playmobile huh oh and so just randomly i got um i got a like a facebook ad or something for a little farm set where it's a little kid. She's got a rabbit hutch and it comes with like eight rabbits. And we were looking at it and we're like, oh, this is this is kind of a fun thing. So I I bought it for my daughter and I was like, what else do they have? And I was looking around and there's on the website, there is a history section. Oh, cool. And so I'm like, well, I wonder what the history is going to be. And it is 60% Greek mythological character. Oh, wow. Which is not something we spent a ton of time on in history class. Right. <laughs> um, and then the rest of it is like Egyptians, ancient Egyptians. Oh, I see that and, here. Yeah. And Roman soldiers. But yeah, the, uh, the, um, so when we got the rabbit hutch, we added to our order Hestia, the goddess of the hearth. <laughs> <laughs> That's my kid's favorite Greek mythological character. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's a cool kid. Yeah. Uh, I was worried when you said eight rabbits, I was like, oh my gosh, did he buy like a, first of all, I had forgotten all about Playmobil until you mentioned them. And mm -hmm. I, um, but when you, when you said eight rabbits, I was like, oh my gosh, did he actually buy like a watership down um playmobile set and i was like that has to be the most depressing playmobile <laughs> set ever made <laughs> that, would, that would be kind of yeah that would be I, I probably would do that i probably would do that i um <laughs> that's really sad I, yeah this completely unrelated but 
mentioning the eight rabbit thing, I went on the uh, the or do you guys know the Oriental Trading Post company? Yes, very big with teachers, but you can get no, I'm not, yeah, I'm not um, or churches. They also have a very large religious section, which we'll tie into it in a little bit here. Um, uh, so, but you can get like stuff for your classroom, or they have like inflatables, or they have a lot of like. 12 of things so you can buy like cheap mm. sunglasses for your yeah. in kids sizes and things like that yeah. um i saw while i was flipping through a catalog um a plushie of the pope oh wow and not necessarily a specific pope just a little cartoon smiley face pope generic pope yeah just, yeah yeah and so i ordered it and what i did not notice was that it was like He's like three inches tall <laughs> and he's not sold individually. Oh no. Um, a package showed up at my house full of 12 popes. <laughs> it's perfect for the 12 <laughs> popes of Christmas. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know if that's my, yeah, if that's my plan too, but I feel like I have to find some creative use for 12 popes. Well, luckily all the popes have just been like old, like super ancient white guys so no, like could true. make the, you could make the case that they are different popes yeah um, i could just get be a, like that's benedict that's pious yeah. that's pope john that's yeah. Pope yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah i'll have to look that up and see if i go back 12 popes who do i <laughs> who do i land on um and uh yeah maybe get a sharpie and like draw different wrinkles on them like oh good yeah <laughs> I like that. Or you could like put popes in different, um, like make different, um, what are they called? Dioramas and like make different scenes for popes. Like, pope, oh, yeah. like make a pope in dinosaur times or like. Oh, I like that. Pope, yeah. And, yeah. Like just like um, um, anachronistically put po the pope in different places. Like yeah, yeah. make the... a Ben Hur scene and make like a chariot scene and like the pope is in. in oh. Oh yeah, the like oh, outside yeah. of the movie theater where they shot Dillinger. <laughs> that's perfect. That's really yeah. good. Or like, uh, that's even better. Like assassination scenes, like Pope at the Grassy Knoll. Or like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Pope as uh, Lee Harvey Oswald and Jack. Love Ruby. it. And, yes. Yeah. 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 I really like that. Yeah. This is yeah. This is getting more and more appealing. <laughs> about it. There's so much that you can do with twelve popes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the so possibilities are endless. Well, folks. <laughs> All right. How are we feeling? Are we ready to wrap up? Anybody have any last minute thoughts or not? Not really. This has been. I feel like we it all came full circle somehow. Yeah. 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 I think we yeah landed in a good a good place, and we. Definitely are we're leaner than <laughs> in the last episode. <laughs> I just like want to say it was good to talk to you guys again. It's been a while and I was looking forward to it. And I always feel great after we talk and you guys make my day. Thank you. Oh me, thank you. Uh, likewise. I was yeah, it's been a bit and I was looking forward to it. And oh, the one thing I do remember that to mention, uh the song, uh the parody of uh it's not only a parody of give it away but it has a section that's also a parody of under the bridge 
<laughs> and the Weird Al song is called Bedrock Anthem. Oh, nice. Uh, and oh, nice. because the theme is uh, the Flintstones. I'm going to go listen to that now. Yeah, everybody should. Okay. Yeah. Good homework. Yep. All right. Okay. Well, there you have it. Another episode of the Sweet Potato Podcast, a podcast about things that are excellent. If you want to reach out and recommend stuff to us, we have a Gmail. Pause while I make sure I don't have it wrong, but I believe it you is. It's Gmail. It's Gmail. You're right. Um, oh, when we were, oh man, I just had it. And I, oh, I, uh, when we were talking about all the popes and you said, leave them play or something, I don't know. Something made me think of, I've got popes in different area codes. <laughs> um, if I were the type of person to get just like weird tattoos for no reason, I would definitely, that's definitely making it onto my body somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. Well, yeah, usually, I don't know, by like the third or fourth one, the need for it to be meaningful. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have any recommendations that you'd like to pass on and have us possibly recommend to the rest of the world? We are at sweetpodtato at gmail.com. Our music was provided by Bradford at Copper Boogie Music. Uh, look him up on Instagram and Bandcamp and have a fun old time. <laughs> and uh, we will see you soon. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks. <laughs>